0: good morning morning. welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this 18th Sunday after Pentecost Uh, before we begin worship just a few things to share Uh, first is a reminder that uh, the plan is to have choir sing for special music on on Harvest Home Sunday the 15th so choir will begin practicing immediately following worship today so please stay and join choir if you are so inclined and able and share your gifts with the congregation. Also a reminder that our Augsburg Confession Study will continue this Wednesday. Uh, Even if you missed last Wednesday, the first one, you can jump in seamlessly uh, and join us for the study. So again, everyone invited, um, come study our confession, our faith, and, and deepen your interaction with God's word as we do so. I do have one prayer request this morning for the family of Martha Morrissey who passed away last week, that is Jason Williams' grandmother. Uh, so keep that family in your prayers as, as they grieve her loss. Are there any other announcements or any other prayer requests for the congregation this morning? Praise God, but home. he was in South Korea, he's home now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, thank God that he's he's been safe. Yeah, absolutely. All right, if there's nothing else, then I'll invite you to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us if we confess our sins he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness let us confess our sin in the presence of god and of one another most merciful god we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves we have sinned Glory to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God of love, giver of life, you know our frailties and failings. Give us your grace to overcome them. Keep us from those things that harm us and guide us in the way of salvation. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.
1: A reading from Ezekiel. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? The parents have eaten sour grapes, and the children's teeth are set on edge. As I live, says the Lord God, this proverb shall no more be used by you in Israel. Know that all lives are mine. The life of the parent as well as the life of the child is mine. It is only the person who sins that shall die. Yet you say the way of the Lord is unfair. Hear now, O house of Israel. Is my way unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? When the righteous turns away from their righteousness and commit iniquity, they shall die for it. For the iniquity that they have committed, they shall die. Again, when the wicked turned away from the wickedness, they have committed and do what is lawful and right. They shall save their life. Because they considered and turned away, From all the transgressions that they had committed, they shall surely live, they shall not die. Yet the house of Israel says, The way of the Lord is unfair. O house of Israel, are my ways unfair? Is it not your ways that are unfair? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel. All of you according to your ways, says the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, otherwise iniquity will be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed against me, and get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, says the Lord God. Turn then and live. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Now read responsibly Psalm 25, verses 1 through 9. To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. My God, I put my trust in you. Let me
2: not be put to shame, nor let my enemies over me.
1: Let none who look to you be put to shame. Rather, let those be put to shame who are treacherous.
2: Show you ways,
1: Leave me in your trust and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. In you have I trusted all the day long.
2: Remember, O Lord, your compassion and love, for they are for
1: Remember not the sins of my youth and my transgressions. Remember me according to your steadfast love and for the sake of your goodness, O Lord. You
2: are gracious and unrighteous.
1: Your way. You lead the lowly just, in justice and teach the lily your way. A reading from Philippians. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interest, but to the interest of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will And to work for his good pleasure. The word of the Lord.
2: The
0: Holy Gospel, according to Saint Matthew. when Jesus entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd, for all regard John as a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, o Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. As the kids would say, that is a spicy take. That's a hot take. Our Lord is cutting right to the chase of the matter. He's getting right to the heart of the issue. Those who were supposed to be spiritual guardians of the Jewish people had a lower status in God's kingdom than even the most shameful of sinners. And notice the context here to help us understand why Jesus speaks this word of judgment against the elders and the chief priests. This interaction follows the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. So in the timeline of the Gospel of Matthew, we are in the immediate time following Palm Sunday. So this interaction is part of the events of Holy Week. Jesus had come into Jerusalem, being hailed as the Messiah by the people. He had already gone into the temple He had kicked out all the money changers and those who were taking advantage of the poor. And now he has returned to the temple to preach. And the leaders of the temple are standing around dumbfounded. What gives Jesus the right to do this? Who licensed him? He doesn't have a seminary degree. The denomination didn't approve any of this. Do they know what's going on down here? What gives him the right to act like this? And they question him, not because they don't understand what's going on, they understand perfectly well what's going on. Jesus is claiming to be the Messiah. He's claiming to be the son of God. He's claiming to have authority over the temple and over the people. He's claiming to be the promised son of David who has come to save God's people. So when Jesus pronounces his judgment on them, when he tells them that the lowest sinners are preceding them into the kingdom he does so precisely to point out their unbelief because it's unbelief that condemns any of us unbelief is what condemns us not having faith in christ is that which will separate us from god forever and conversely faith in christ is what saves us our righteousness before god is by faith it is by belief by trust It's not by how good we believe we are keeping the law. We're not saved because we uh, because we believe that we are well intentioned. We're not saved because we believe we are full of love for others, or that we have all the right religious answers. No, it's faith alone in Christ that saves us. And so Jesus lifts up the tax collectors and the prostitutes here, because they are the ones who heard John the Baptist preaching and who trusted that the Messiah was coming to save them. The Messiah was coming to save them from their sins. Now, there's a modern tendency to misread what Jesus is saying here. There's a modern tendency to want to believe that Jesus is excusing sin. Right? A tendency to think that the stealing done by the tax collectors and the sexual sin of the prostitutes is no big deal in God's eyes. Right? There's a tendency to excuse these people as simply the victims of an oppressive society, and to believe that Jesus has come to validate these people as victims. But that's not what Jesus is doing. He's not saying that the tax collectors and prostitutes are good people who need to be accepted for who they are, and that the chief priests and the elders are simply bad villains. He's not saying that these people are just victims who we need to feel badly for. Instead, he's lifting them up as people who deeply know their sin. These are the people who deeply long for the forgiveness that only Christ can give. John the Baptist preached to these people, and they confessed their sin. They acknowledged that they have a great need for a Savior. They knew they were stuck in their depravity. They knew they could not free themselves from the messes they have made out of their lives and the lives of others. And so they put their hope in the Lamb of God, who had come to bear their sins. These are the people who knew deeply that there were not only problems with the world, but that there were problems deep in their own hearts. These are the people who had nowhere else to turn. No one in society regarded them as anything. They had nowhere nowhere else to turn but to the Messiah, because the Messiah alone could absolve them from their sins. The chief priests and the elders, on the other hand, heard John's preaching of repentance and said, that's not for us. We work in the temple, right? Why do we need a Messiah to come bear our sins? Why do we need an outsider from Galilee who has no credentials to come in here and to forgive us? We're the experts here. We're the experts on church and forgiveness. And so they didn't believe in Christ. They didn't see their sin. And They did not have faith in Christ who came to save them. They put their faith in themselves, in their own credentials, in their own knowledge, in everything that they had achieved. That's what they held on to. And so this is the word of Christ to you today. He forgives you. The response to this that the Holy Spirit brings to us as Christians is to keep putting trust into that word. You are forgiven. Believe it. The elders and the chief priests hardened their hearts against that message. They refused to put their faith in the message of the gospel. They rejected the preaching of John that the Lamb of God had come to bear their sins. And they rejected the message that Christ proclaimed, that God through him was forgiving sinners. They simply rejected it over and over as something they did not need. Jesus' parable of the two sons reinforces this word, for us this morning in the parable the second son is parallel to the chief priest right they confess that they believed in god they confess that they believe in the forgiveness of sins but when god's forgiveness comes to them in the person of christ they reject it the coming of christ reveals their true hearts toward god and that is of hearts who are hardened hearts that truly reject god and put their faith in themselves alone yet in the parable the first son who was clearly a disobedient wretch comes to listen to the father's word and these are the sinners the prostitutes the tax collectors who were indeed sinners but when God's forgiveness came to them they held on to it they believed in it they had faith in it that was their hope there was no other hope for them in this world there was no other good news for them in this world. And so when Christ came proclaiming forgiveness, their life was changed. They had faith in his word and trusted in him. And so everyone here this morning is a sinner. Everyone here has sins of which they should be ashamed. Everyone here has hurt others in the course of their life. Everyone here has acted selfishly. Everyone has pursued the pleasures and comforts of this world. Everyone has been deceived by the devil's lies and temptations. Yet here we sit as sinners with the word of Christ to us, that the kingdom of God is open to you. You are forgiven. You are forgiven. Christ has come into this world to save you, to give you rest, to make you a new creature. For you, Jesus Christ emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, For you, he humbled himself. For you, he became obedient to the point of death on a cross. For you, a sinner, Christ has died so that you may live forever. The chief priests and the elders would never believe that Jesus had come for them. They would never put their trust in him. And so they remained hardened and blind in their pride. But you sitting here today, you know that you need a savior. You can see all the ways in which your life has gone wrong. You know the evils of your heart. You know all the ways in which you failed to live up to the standard God has set for you. You know that you need Christ crucified for you. And that's the good news. He has been crucified for you. And now he welcomes you into his kingdom. And believe it, because that is your righteousness. Holding on with hope, with faith into that word for you is your righteousness before God. That is the gospel for us. Amen. together. We stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten For the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Merciful Lord, you founded your church upon the proclamation of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Purify the tongues of all your servants, that the tongues of the wicked may be silenced, and turn them from their evil ways, that they may trust in you and that their sins may be washed away. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, encourage us by your Holy Spirit that we may not lose heart. Make us to be of one mind and will, that we may serve you with gladness, doing the works of your kingdom here and throughout the whole world. Lord in your mercy. Merciful Lord, sustain all mothers, all fathers, children, husbands and wives, friends and neighbors, laborers and employers, teachers and students. Enable us all to serve our neighbors in godly vocations, delighting in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Lord, all the might of man is nothing before you, yet you have appointed earthly realms and rulers to punish evil and to honor good. Give us faithful leaders who will serve honorably and well. Especially grant wisdom to our President Joseph and our Governor Richard Michael and we also ask that you would bless and keep those who are now serving in armed forces to defend us and to protect liberties lord in your mercy in merciful lord grant the encouragement of christ and the comfort of his love to those who suffer grieve or who are any kind of trouble especially wes matt charlie jane nancy nancy steve Max, Rose, Barb, John, Brandy, Marilyn, Virgil, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, and all those who now mourn the loss of Martha. In every, aff- in every affliction, dear Lord, prove yourself a ready and worthy Savior, especially to those who put their trust in you. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. Merciful Lord the name of Jesus stands above all names before it we bow our knees and confess him as Lord and God Inspire in us true devotion and worship as we approach your altar To receive our humble Savior and these humble means of bread and wine for our salvation Lord in your mercy And merciful Lord in you there is no shadow due to change Enkindle your divine grace in us that we may stand united as Christ's own body Holding fast to the word of life and shining brightly in the midst of this world's darkness. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to
2: give our thanks and praise.
0: It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave and by His glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Remembering therefore his solitary command, his life giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all of your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever, amen. Amen. power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
2: Praise.
0: to stand let us pray we give you thanks almighty god that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life in your mercy strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of jesus christ our lord Amen. amen God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Peace, serve the Lord.